Today we're going to talk about learning to enjoy when you're getting older. Right? You ever heard a message about this before? We need to talk about this. Because our culture <clears throat> wants to pretend that we're not getting older. Right? They want to sell you youth is that being young is the only time you're really alive. It's the only time in the best time in the glory days. And after that passage, it's like, man, I'm just wasting time till I take my last breath. But it's totally different when it comes to the Word of God. In the culture of God, in the kingdom of God, the best years of your life are supposed to be when you get older. Gray hair is supposed to be wanted. I put the dye industry right out of business. We are supposed to want to grow older and we get closer to God and we get more experience of God's grace and His goodness towards us. You know, who wants to read a book with one chapter? Isn't a book and a story much better when you come to the end of the book? And when you're older and when you experience God in His grace, in His gospel, you're able to tell the next generation how good God is. Because you got experience, because you got wisdom, because you had trials, because you had suffering, and you still came through on the other end, believing and trusting and being loved by God. I want us at a restoration road to be a, a culture that's okay with getting old, that we're not in denial, or we don't look and see that wrinkle and think it's all over. We're not, these grays here, are all, they're all right. I love when people come up to me like, you got grays. I know. I'm 37. I'm not 21. What do you think was going to happen? Man, you look older. I am older. I, when people are surprised people look older, I can never figure it out. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I'm getting older. We're all getting older. You can live in denial or you can enjoy every moment of God's grace in your life, even when you're getting older. So there's this commercial on TV. Anyone seen it? The NOS energy drink? <clears throat> there's an older guy. He's all... He's on something because you can't be that ripped at 88. You know what I mean? You've got to take some supplements if you're that ripped at 88. So he's taking that NOS energy drink and he's been like nine jobs, six cars, and then you're done. You know, I'm 88 and I'm still throwing punches. I'm breaking records, all this kind of stuff. And he gets to the end and he says, you only live once. Bring a rocket launcher. What do you think at the end of that commercial? <clears throat> Who gets the glory at the end of that commercial? Does God look stronger in your eyes or does man look stronger in your eyes? You think that guy has a lot of strength. You think he's strong. He's reveling in his own strength, even in old age. He's boasting in his works how he made it through everything. He's so tough. It brings glory to man. The gospel would rearrange that commercial. It would say, nine times ninety. Lord, I lost faith, but you were still faithful. Eighty times eighty, I fell, and I didn't deserve it, but you picked me back up. I was 88, and I'm still loving God and still loving my neighbor, and I'm still believing in his grace. And I only got one life to live. Let me live it to boast in the strength of God. Do you guys hear the difference in getting old? I'm not old and tough. I'm old, and God's loved me through every single chapter of my life. Because our strength goes when we get older. And today I want to see not what we're losing. Everyone's talking about what we're losing when we're getting older. I want to talk about what we're gaining as getting older. Let's turn to Psalm 71. 
In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. And I want to just keep in mind, David is writing this in his old age, and we'll get to specifics later on in the message. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. You have given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of the unjust and cruel man. For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. Upon you I have leaned from before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. My praise is continually of you. I have been a port, portent to many, but you are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. For my enemies speak concerning me. Those who watch my life consult together and say, God has forsaken him. Pursue and seize him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste to help me. Make my accusers be put to shame and consumed. With scorn and disgrace, may they be covered who seek my hurt. But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day. For their number is past my knowledge. With the mighty deeds of the Lord God I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. O God, from my youth you have taught me. And still proclaim your wondrous deeds. I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those who come. Your righteousness, O God, reaches the high heavens. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you? You who have made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. You will increase my greatness and comfort me again. I will also praise you with the harp for your faithfulness, O my God. I will sing praises to you with the lyre, O Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you. My soul also, which you have redeemed, and my tongue will talk of your righteous help all day long. For they have been put to shame and disappointed who sought to do me hurt. That's the word of God. I want to start in the first chapter of your life. And I want to start in the first chapter of your life because I want you to see that God has been watching you, watching over you even before you were born. There's a beautiful verse here that says, you've been leaning. David said, I've been leaning on you before my birth. Can you guys imagine that? Before my birth, while I was in my mother's womb, even before I was in my mother's womb, the scriptures teach us that God predestined for you to foreknow him, that you are in his mind, in his heart, in his will, even before you were born. You are not an accident. You are not an accident. You were made with purpose by an intelligent and loving and personal God. You leaned on him even before your birth. Last week, I've I've been back in the gym trying to work out. I want to be a pastor in shape. There's too many dudes rock tank tops that have the triceps pumping. I've got to be in shape if I'm going to pastor this church. <laughs> so I'm in the gym. I'm hitting my triceps, going up, coming down. And I get a call, and it's my sister. 
And so I just pick it up. You know when you pick up for a casual call and right away you realize this is not a casual call. My sister was hysterical. The first words I heard was, I've been hit by a truck. My sister is eight, almost nine months pregnant, and she says, I can't feel the baby. That messes up your workout real quick, right? I went from here to protection, prayer, got to have faith. I'll be there. I'll meet you at Beverly Hospital. It was a car accident. You know, you don't clarify when you're hysterical. So I don't know if she was in a car, this or that, but she clarified, so I was in a car. And so I got on the road. When I go 65 to 70 on the highway, that's fast. I got to Beverly Hospital. As you can imagine, as a big brother, anyone in your family, she had called back and they didn't have the thing to find out if the baby's heartbeat was going in the ambulance to check. So you can imagine the amount of anxiety. Um, My brother-in-law, Devin, was working in Louisiana, so he wasn't around. So I was hurrying, getting to Beverly Hospital, not allowing fear to consume me, and saying, God, I'm going to have faith in you. I'm going to pray. And I get there. I run in. I don't even know where I parked the car, to be honest. I think I pulled into a college and just started running. I don't even know what happened. And I, I got in there, and right when I got in, I got to the desk of the emergency room, And I asked, they said, she's in the hallway and the baby's heart is beating. You can imagine the weight that was lifting off my chest by that. And I went in there and more my sister, of course, but me as a big brother and a protector. I go in there and um, we went through a whole day. I mean, it went from, is the baby okay? Relief from, is the baby okay? Oh my goodness, the baby's coming. It's too early. Oh no, the baby's not coming. You know how the doctor, it's always tell you, We'll be here about another hour. Three weeks later, you're like, can I get some test results? So we were supposed to be there an hour. It was Friday night, and it started on Thursday. And there were so many emotions. But one thing that rang true is I realized that this baby girl had a story of leaning on God even before her birth. That God's story started even before she entered this world, that even in her mother's womb, she was leaning on God before her birth. And we saw God's grace on that. And now that's part of her story, and she's not even here yet. Do you guys see what I'm saying? Even before you were born, I need to hear this, because I want you to see, as you get older, you need to be able to tell the story. And some of us think the story starts when we start seeing God for who he is. The story starts. It started in the mind and the heart and the will of God even before this earth or you were created. You were leaning on God. He chose to care for you. He chose to love you. He chose to be a God and your father. He chose to send his son to die for you so you could be incorporated into his family. He chose to make you a temple of God that you might be a temple of the Holy Spirit that you might display the wonderful deeds of God all the way through your life. So that's chapter 1. That's kind of the introduction to chapter 1 of the story that God is writing in your life. Then all of a sudden we get a little older, and we go to our youth. Now I want to define youth right now, because we are taking the youth bracket, and it used to be 13 and 19. All of a sudden, every year... 
brothers are like 44, like a teenager. Just like, I'm just trying to figure out what I'm going to do, you know? Let me define the youth bracket for you. 13 to 19 years old, you are a teenager. Let me give you some scriptural basis for that. When God called the people out of Egypt into the nation, um, out of the nation of Egypt to be a unique people, his covenant people who worship his holy name, they began to grumble and they began to complain. And God was leading them through the wilderness to the promised land. And they grumbled and they complained from the time that he freed them. Their hearts weren't glorifying God for his wondrous deeds and saying, what are you doing to us? Why are we going through trials? Why is this hard? They grumbled and they complained the whole time to the point where God said, that's it. Everyone 20 and older is getting judgment for the way you're acting. Everyone 19 and under, you can go into the promised land. That gives them some helpful framework for understanding when God, God always keeps us accountable, but he understands the distinction of when you're an adult. When you're 20 years old, you're an adult. That was an important thing for me to learn. I mean, I, I thought when I was 18 I was an adult because that's when I heard I was younger. Because you need to understand we don't want to prolong our adolescence. And I want to speak in grace because a lot of people are afraid to grow up. And uh, it hurts the church. It hurts families. It hurts society when we prolong our adolescence. Do not be afraid to grow up. There's a season for everything. There's a season for you to be a child. There's a season for you to be a youth. There's a season for you to be adult. There's a season for you to be older. And God is involved in every season. And when you prolong seasons, you're not allowed to enjoy the things that God meant for you to enjoy during those seasons of your life. There's a lot of joy in being an adult. Now, you won't hear this on TV because they don't want to sell this to you because you won't be giving them your money. There is joy in being responsible. Do you know that? When you become an adult, if you're not responsible for people and things and a community and those kind of things, there's something that's going to be missing out of your life. There's something going to be missing because you're made to be an adult. When I became a man, Paul said, I became a man, I put away childish things. I started thinking like a man, thinking like an adult. We need to enjoy every season of life and enjoy getting older. I loved becoming a dad. I loved getting married. But you talk to people, if you honestly ask people what the youth bracket is right now, they'd probably tell you 18 to 36. No, but I'm dead serious. You guys know that's true. They'd be like, when are you younger? 18 to 36. That's the heyday. That is a time to be a man or be a woman and give to others. There is a joy in giving and carrying the load and being responsible that we really need to feel. You know, some of my favorite action stars have let me down. You know, you figured Sylvester Stallone, if he was Rambo, when he's taken out a city, that he wouldn't be afraid of gray hair, right? Like, who's this brother? Now, so let me give you the rules. Women are allowed to dye their hair. <laughs> this is hidden law. Women are allowed to dye your hair to any age. God made unique with the beauty. That's okay. Men, you're not fooling anyone when you're 85 years old with jet black hair, jet black eyebrows, and a mustache that's jet black. <laughs> Who is slashed alone think he's fooling? I don't care with how many expendables they come out with. Brother, we know you're 75. <laughs> I want him to do a Sean Connery. You know how Sean Connery did it? The brother got bearded, bald, and gray and said the women love me. Because that's the key. It's not about how you look. It's about the confidence, young men. Hear what I'm preaching to you. It ain't about how you look. It's about in here. Don't be Sly Stallone. Be Sean Connery. 
Don't keep running away from getting old. It's a beautiful thing. And in the church culture, in the kingdom of God, it's okay to get older. We need the older. We need the wisdom. We need the experience in order to have the fullness of the family of God. I want to read you what the Bible says, what, you know, Hollywood or a culture would teach you the totally opposite. The Bible says about getting older. Proverbs 16, 31. Gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained in a righteous life. How many look at gray hair like that? It's a crown of glory. I've experienced things. I've went through things. I've had faith. I was talking to Dennis on the phone. Could you hear from Dennis more towards the end of the Pop Warner season? So everyone knows we miss him for three months, and then he shows back up on the scene just talking to people. So it's like week seven or eight, so you start hearing from him more. And I was encouraging him. Anyone listen to Ravi Zacharias? You know, he's just a guy with some good wisdom, very helpful. But Ravi Zacharias rocks that white head, like it's a white head of hair. And uh, Dennis, of course, because he notices everything, says, man, I love that white head of hair. And I jokingly said, it's sacred. It's something sacred about Ravi rocking that white head of hair and giving wisdom to the generation. He said, there really is, Joe. You know when he gets serious on you? But it's so true. There really is something sacred about getting older. And we're not understanding how holy it is to get older and how sacred it is and how wonderful it is to get older. It is wonderful to get older. It's wonderful to look back and say, God has carried me all the way through. God is with me, and I enjoy that. John 12, 12 says, Wisdom is with the aged, and understanding in length of days. We need, and I'll get more to this in later, we need older people to give us wisdom. Younger people too much think they have the wisdom already. We really do. I'm in the middle now, so I don't want to say we. Like, I'm on the middle chapters. Younger people think that they have all the answers. When there's only young people, you don't have that much wisdom because you don't have that much experience. You don't see as much grace through the chapters and chapters of life. You need the full family of God for that wisdom to come down, and we'll touch on that more later. Thirdly, Psalm nineteen fourteen. They still bear fruit in their old age. They are full of sap and green. And when the Bible says you're full of sap and green, they're talking you're a tree. You're healthy. You're doing things. And we'll talk about this in the next segment, but a lot of people, as they get older, they feel like they're not useful. And that's one of the biggest lies that this culture sells. You are the most useful when you're older. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? Let's get some biblical truth here. You are the most useful with the wisdom and with the gray hair, with the experience, with watching over all the saints and caring for the body of Christ. You are extremely useful. I asked many people who are older, what was the best part of their lives? Like, what season was the best part? They always say times when they were older. They say, I was more secure. I knew my identity more. I was able to enjoy things, and I had friends, and I had families, and I saw God's grace. Everyone I asked, no one says my younger years were the best years of my life. As they get older, they say, I was older. There was a segment, now I'm older, I see God's grace. I've seen it all the way through. And they say that was the happiest time of their life. And so I want us to really start getting a vision for that. Because what culture is selling us is miserable. You got 21 years to throw it down and then it's over? Woohoo! What a nightmare. What a nightmare. That's not real. That's not real, people. So 
So let's get to the things. We're not trying to think of the things we're losing. We're thinking of the things we're gaining. And let me give you the context of this psalm. This psalm is written by David when he's in his early 60s. What are you talking about? He's just starting life. No, he isn't. The average age to live is 78. Do you guys know that? Even now as we're living older. Now, I hope you guys live past that. I hope you eat well and work out and all those kind of things. Make it long. Enjoy yourself. But the average age to live is 78. So when you're in your 60s, you're getting closer to meeting Jesus. Our culture doesn't want to talk about death, right? You know, to call someone old is like the biggest insult in the world. What'd you just say to me? Old? It's okay. None of us can escape it. We're getting older. David's in his early 60s. David died at 70 years old. 70 years old. David, who had a heart over God, God watched at him. God ordained, watched over him. God ordained that he would have 70 years on this earth. It says a man is wise when he measures his days. It's important to measure your days. It's important to realize you're not going to live forever. Because when you measure your days, you live for the glory of God. You live for others. You're more grateful when you realize you measure your days, aren't you? Don't take one day for granted. Measure your days here. David is in his early 60s. He passes away when he's 70, but he's writing this psalm. And you've got to understand, if anyone found their identity in their strength as a man, it was David. David, from his teenage years, was taking out giants in front of nations. We all know that story, right? That brother pulled a pebble up and dropped him. In his teenage years, his nation, the people of God, cheered him for his strength. He gets into his 20s, he's a soldier. A soldier, an elite soldier to the point where they're praising him for slaying God's enemies. They say, they sing his song and say, David slays tens of thousands. Forget the Boston Garden, forget people cheering for hoop. They said, David over the people of God is slaying tens of thousands. That pumps up the head. You start saying, I'm, I'm real strong. You know, those things start happening. You find David hung out with 37 elite dudes. Athletes, warriors with strength. If you read through First Chronicles Samuel, the feats these guys did from taking out lions to being outnumbered and taking out dudes, these dudes were elite to the point where there was 37 of them, but three of them were in a special category, and David was on the top as the number one warrior. Now, just like any man, when you start to lose your strength, what happens? You think you still got it, and you learn in the worst place possible you don't still got it. Right? People ask you, you don't know me when I get mad. No, I don't care how mad you get. There comes a day when you realize that testosterone ain't flowing through like it used to. You know what I mean? So David says, I'm going out to battle. People think he's too old to be out there. He says, no, I still got it. I'm going out there to fight the Philistines with you. You ain't leaving me at home. I'm not that old yet. He shows up in the battle. He gets out there, starts slaying dudes. He gets winded. He gets winded. And one of, uh, there were some big dudes back in that day that were descendants from larger people that were like nine feet from Goliath's descendant. They were a little bigger. So one of Goliath's descendants was in front of David and was about to take him out because he gets winded in the middle of battle. He's older. The strength isn't the same as it used to. And one of his boys, the elite, comes through, takes out the giant and says, David, it's time, brother. He said, you're getting older. I'm paraphrasing here. Basically saying, 
They can't get to you, David, because if they get to you, they will extinguish the lamp of Israel. You're our king. You're getting older. Let the young men fight for this nation. It was okay. David couldn't let it go. And so David says in this verse here, he says, Lord, he's found his identity in being strong for so long that as he gets older, he says, Lord, do not cast me off now that I've lost my strength. So I imagine there's a battle there. There's a battle there that he feels like he's loved by God and loved by people because he's been strong for so long. Because that's what happens when we get older. We start to lose things that we found our identity in. And we're wondering if God still loves us or we're still useful or we're good for anything. And the gospel says, absolutely, you're more useful. So I want to read a few things that you lose when you get older, but you gain in Christ. We are losing our strength, but we are gaining a greater dependence on God's strength. Do you realize that? When you're so physically strong and all these kind of things are strong with your own mind, your intellect, all that kind of stuff, you feel like you don't have to depend sometimes on God as much to be your strength. And when you start losing that physically and all those kind of things, you say, God, I need to depend on you. You're the one that has to protect me and watch over me now. So you lose your strength physically, but you gain it spiritually because you realize, I have to depend on God. For women, some of you might say, and I wouldn't agree because I think there's something beautiful about a woman growing older in grace. I think there's something beautiful. So I wouldn't agree, but I know this is how most women feel, so I want to address it. You might feel like your beauty is fading, but your inner beauty goes brighter every day. Do you guys hear me? All the women, I just want to talk to you for some. Culture is trying to sell you that you're not useful or valuable or worth it because you're getting older. That is a lie. Let your inner beauty shine more and more and don't find your identity in being young because you are beautiful because God made you to grow old. Did you hear that truth? Your inner beauty is shining. Don't have your identity and your joy found in, oh, I'm getting older, I'm not as beautiful. First of all, yes, you are. Second of all, your inner beauty is shining more and more every single day. Thirdly, we may not be as mentally sharp as we once were, but our mind is being renewed by the gospel every day. I'm sure that's a fear as you get older and older, right? Man, did I forget that? (laughs) Am I as mentally sharp as I once was? And there's some fear there. But I want to encourage those who feel like they're not as mentally sharp as they once were. That that gospel, that spirit, that truth is renewing your mind every day. And even as you pass from this life to the next, God will fully renew your mind and your life and all that. Do not fear. Put your faith in the simple things of Christ's life, death, and resurrection. You gain that as you get older. And I want to talk about um, some ways I would ask the older people in our congregation. I would ask you to be use the gifts that God's given you of age for us. And I'm going to define older as 60 and over. Everyone just got, everyone who's 60 and over said, you got to be kidding me, right? I would say our older saints, our older people who are 60 and older, I would ask you to really start thinking in these categories of the gifts God's given you. I ask you to learn to enjoy God by speaking wisdom to us. We need you to speak wisdom to us, all you who are older now, because you have more experience than us, 
you have more life than us, you've seen God's grace more than us, all those kind of things. Do not ever be shy about sharing wisdom because we need it. That is huge. The second thing is proclaim God's faithfulness from generation to generation. That's what David said. He didn't say, let me get older so I can finish my bucket list. Right? I haven't hunted an alligator yet. I got to do that. That's on my list when I watch those bios thing. I want to get an alligator. I don't know why. I just love how they pull it out. It's kind of manly. I don't know. He didn't say, let me finish my bucket list. I haven't traveled here. I haven't done this. I haven't surfed. You know, he didn't go through all this stuff. He said, God, give me more years so I can proclaim your goodness to another generation. Older generation, please tell us how good God has been to you over and over again because we need to hear it as we're getting older. We need that. We need that. Thirdly, I love when an old saint, and I'm calling all of us saints because we're all sinners saved by grace and the Bible calls us all saints. There's nothing like an old saint still singing the glorious tunes of God. Am I speaking truth? When you've got that gray hair, when you're getting on the bus for a nickel, when all those things are happening, and you're still singing the praises of God, there's something that tells of God's faithfulness when that happens. Like God wasn't just good to you at 10 years old. God wasn't just good to you at 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 60. When you're still 88 and you're still singing the praises of God, there is something that cries of God's faithfulness, love and mercy beautifully. We need to hear you sing the praises of God with us because there's something so powerful that God, I look at that and I don't say that person's been strong. I say God has been faithful through every year of their life. Amen? So I want to take a moment to reflect on some of our older saints in this congregation. Everyone just got real tight. And w- once again, we don't look at old as an insult. Remember, we're throwing that out with the culture that teaches us that. That's not an insult to us. And I'm not going to get everybody, and you're probably thankful for that. <clears throat> I'm 60 and older. I'm going to start with George. Georgie, I know he doesn't, he's like 61, so he just made the cut. 62, I'm sorry, Georgie. 62. <clears throat> Does anyone in here question if George is useful to this congregation? Does anyone question that George is bearing fruit and of great value and worth to this congregation? Probably during this season of his life, God has used him more than any other season of his life. He does everything. Doesn't ask for a penny. He does our finances. He's here setting up every week. He takes my call twice a week, which is a pain in the neck. And he has a little special rule that he tries to say hi to every person here every Sunday. And he's getting a little upset because as we grow bigger, it's harder to do. But his mission is to love you and care for you. He's still a tree, much sap, much green, much fruit. Do you guys hear that? Does anyone question if Nancy is valuable to this congregation? She's the head of the hugging ministry. (laughs) And Nancy, first time she meets you, you get a hug. Because she cares and she loves people and she serves in the children's ministry. And she does so many things that bear so much fruit. 
She's so useful and so valuable. Would any of us question if Joel Vecht is valuable to this congregation? He makes everyone feel welcome. He'll point at you from 500 feet away. (laughs) There he is! Come on now! And he loves people and he cares for people and he's still worshiping God and still listen. He's actually experienced the best time of his life in faith. Does anyone question if Cliffy is valuable to this congregation? When you walk in at 60 years old with biceps like that, (laughs) you're teaching the congregation to stay in shape, to be fit. He brings a masculine, and I'm serious here, this matters brings a masculine thing to this culture that we need in our older men. None of us will question his value or his worth. For all of those older saints, those things are important. And I want to take this time to thank all our older saints. I mentioned just a few, but I am so thankful for each one of you that you chose to be part of this church and you are an example to us what it means to follow Jesus even as you get older because we need that to enjoy every season of our life when we're getting older, and all those kinds of things. Restoration Road. Let's be a church that's uh, not afraid of getting older. But we understand the importance of getting older and allow those years to be filled with wonder, filled with love, filled with fruit by the grace of God to the glory of God. Amen? Let's pray.